0: Now for the show that's truly too hot to handle, it's the Melting path and it starts right now.
1: You're listening to the Melting Pot. Here's
2: your host, Pat Johnson.
0: Well, thank you, Jerome. Hello, my friends, and happy holidays. My favorite show of the year. I'm going to try to. Put a jingle bell sound in here somewhere have i done that already have I, i've thought of i know i've thought about it and i'm pretty sure i've said it on the show but uh we're gonna try it this year i'm gonna see what i can do uh <laughs> welcome to the show the melting pat the next level network merry christmas happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa boxing day whatever's going on in the next whatever has happened in the last few days or will be happening in the next few um enjoy it all right have fun Be safe. You know the drill. We're not ending the show already. That'd be nice, right? Be less work for me. But this is my favorite show of the year. I get to play festive tunes. I get to tell my favorite retail story. Uh, This year, we got a bunch of questions, or we got a bunch of answers to a couple of holiday-related questions. We talked about an episode of The Office, a Christmas special episode of The Office. Um, It's going to sound a little bit different than usual because I'm recording it in pieces, because that's just how the schedule is going to allow it, because now... With my new role at work, uh, my time to record the show is sporadic. Let's call it that. Maybe that's the wrong word. But that's also why uh, any Patreon bonus segments are going to be separate and not part of the actual show. Because now I don't have time to sit down and do like a full thing with all my work stuff. So it's going to sound different. I'm doing this a couple couple things on the same day. One with the office part was recorded a couple days ago. Um, we might do the last thing tomorrow, I don't know, or after lunch anyway, but, uh, yeah, so it's gonna sound a little different, and, uh, once again, we get to the holiday show, and I forgot to have my friend Amy to talk about Lightbulb Lady, which, uh, I think about it every year, unfortunately, I, uh, you know what, I did text her in, like, December or January to say, hey, can we do this, and, uh, we, I didn't get an answer, so... It's all right. Maybe, uh, maybe she just got caught up doing something. Maybe she doesn't want to come on the show. Maybe that's it. That's a that's a possibility. So, yeah, just me. I am curious though to learn what she remembers about this day. Uh, so we will talk about that. Uh, favorite pies. We have what's your favorite part of the holiday season? Again, the Office uh, Christmas episode, "Benny Hanna Christmas," and festive tunes throughout the show. And of course, we'll end with a very special message, as we always do. So. That's all uh that's all that's on tap. All right? Great. Wonderful. Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. No yelling on the bus. I love making that joke, that reference. I love it. RIP Chris Farley. Big fan. So, today, yeah, that's what's going on today. Um and we yeah, I hope you're having a wonderful time. I know uh holidays can be both great and wonderful and also uh stressful and terrible. So, I hope I can I don't know ease your uh, ease yourself. No? Is that not no? All right. I'm here to help. All right. Reach out if you need some help. If you need somebody to listen to to uh, what's going on with you, if you just need to just need to yell into the void, 209-867-7638. You got three minutes, and then you can call again and leave another message. And just, I won't, you know, I'll just leave it up. You just want to get it out of your head. I'm here to help you out. All right. Speaking of getting out of my head, Pat, get on with the show. You're right. You are right. So I get to tell you my favorite retail story today. And I, I still, every year I tell this story, and I've told this story on the, on the air in some form for 11, this will be the 11th time I'm telling this story, just because it was the most, it was like when I first started working at the store, and it's my first holiday season, I'm still like a new employee, I'm still new, you know, I was kind of on loan from the other store at this place, and so I'm new kind of twice. I don't really know what's going on with how things work, and I, I'm still trying to gel with the people, and it was kind of rough, right? So then I'm just, you know, trying to figure out how to navigate all this new stuff, and this woman comes in, and, and uh, my friend Amy was the supervisor that day, and I can tell you for sure it was a Thursday because the boss was off. Donna was not in that day. I know I don't usually do names, but they won't mind. So Amy and I are, we have a list of things to do. And plus, you know, whatever comes in, we should be getting a shipment or whatever, right? So we have all the things that we're gonna do, and we're behind the counter. Nobody's in the store yet. It's like ten thirty. Store just opened, and we weren't in. We were not in extended hours yet. So store just opened. So we're sitting there. We're waiting. We're trying to figure out. Okay, we have to do this and this and this by you know two or three whatever, and then lunch and all this. So we're we're trying to track our day, and this woman comes up, and so there are three registers. Woman comes up, doesn't say a word. I say, hey, good morning. As I said to everybody who came in the store, I said, hey, how's it going? She said nothing. So either she can't hear me or uh, she's on a mission. So she takes out a purse and starts going through it. And I'm like, all right. And I'm just like mesmerized. This woman has said nothing to us. Like, is she going to return something? Is she, does she have a list or does she have a picture or a, a, clip, a clipping from a newspaper? If people still did those at the time, so it's 2010. So yeah, they would have. Um Oh, maybe, I guess. So if she have a clipping from a newspaper, do you have this, right? Would that have been a thing? So she reaches into her purse, and I'm completely mesmerized by this woman. She's all of like five foot three. And she <laughs> she pulls out this small light bulb, and she holds it up like she's dedicating it to me, like I'm Jesus or something. And uh, she's like, do you have this? And I, you know, I wasn't, I'm still in, uh, you know, trance mode. So I'm like, I'm sorry, Can you can you repeat that? She's like, yeah, I need this. And, uh, I'm like, I don't think, like, again, I'm new to the store. I'm like, I don't think so. So I turned to Amy. I'm like, do we have, do we sell replacement light bulbs? Like it's, it feels like something we should have carried because we sold so much holiday merchandise. You would think replacement lights for your decorations would have been somewhere on the list of things that we would carry, but we did not. So Amy says, nope, we don't carry those. I'm sorry. Uh, You'll have to go to, you know, you could try Lowe's or Home Depot. They'd probably have something like that. And this woman, she just, she it didn't register right away because she had it in her hand still. And she tilted her head a little bit. Like, you know, when a dog hears a new sound, they tilt their head like, what the hell was that? What did you just say to me? And then she puts the, she slams the light back in her purse and throws all her stuff in. <laughs> Home Depot, like offended at this mere suggestion. That a hardware store that is known to carry Christmas lights and outdoor decorations would have a replacement bulb that you have. And like, it's not like she brought in a decoration where, like, do you have a bulb for this or like a little strand of lights? And like, hey, can I get a replacement for this? It was just the bulb that would go on your Christmas lights that would be outside your house. It wasn't a small indoor light like for your christmas tree or like your railing or whatever it wasn't a small light it was a like a a thick with two c's bulb right it was a it was a nice one right nice juicy bulb that's oh god um so yeah it was the, just a bulb she brought that in she said nothing and the, like emptied her purse to find it i don't know why that wouldn't have been near the top but i guess things rustle around when you carry a purse i don't know but she was uh confused that we didn't have it and then offended that Amy suggested Home Depot. And uh, I, I still think like maybe she had already gone to Home Depot that day, or maybe she used to work at a Home Depot and they wronged her, or maybe she had gone to Lowe's and they told her to go to Home Depot and Home Depot didn't have it, or no one could help her at Home Depot or Lowe's. Like There are a number of things, a number of reasons why she would have been so mad about having to go to Home Depot or Lowe's or somewhere else that what, maybe she didn't want to make another trip. Like she had already, she had planned like, okay, I'm going to go to the mall. I'll find all my stuff. And then I'll just go home. And now we were giving her another errand to run. Like she had to now had to go somewhere else because for whatever reason, the card store slash gift shop that was covered in Christmas stuff all the time did not have, not all the time, but, uh, we did not have the decoration she wanted. And, uh, you know, I'm with her in that she was upset if that's the reason she's mad, like she had to make another trip. I'm with her for being frustrated. But the fact that she was downright offended by the suggestion of Home Depot for this light bulb that they for sure would have carried, and still would carry today, is, uh, is very confusing. And every year I tell this story, I'm no closer to finding out the answer. I've never seen this woman. I never saw her before. I've never seen her since. Um, if you're still around light bulb lady, I hope you're having a great time. I hope you at some point in the last 11 years found what you needed, or maybe you just threw the whole thing away because you got tired of looking and, uh, you got something different, but I hope your holiday season is going well. And, uh, I hope you're not mad at another employee for suggesting you have to go to a different store where they carry the thing that you want. All right. Maybe. Is that good? Do you think light bulb lady listens to the podcast? Do you think she's out there? Do you think she found me? And she hears this story every December and goes, yeah, that guy was that jerk who said, and then maybe she uh, leaves me a negative review. If I have a one-star review after this episode comes out, I swear to, oh man, I'll let you know. I'll let you know uh, in the new year because next week's episode is already recorded. So I will let you know what's going on. But yeah, my favorite retail store, I've told so many over the years, but that one I keep coming back to because it's like it was my first real experience with a weird customer. And I mean, then we got to the one where the lady thought I was going to lock her in the store or something, and she freaked out and ran away, Um, which I may retell at some point. Because I think someone, if you're new to the show, newer to the show, you may not have heard it, and I'm not going to make you go back. So maybe we'll do that. uh, If we have to fill a show, I might retell that looking at it now. We might, is that a thing? Let me know. If that's too much of a hack move, I won't do it. But if you think that uh, retelling a favorite story from my retail days is a good idea and you would enjoy it, let me know. All right? So, Lipo Lady, wherever you might be, Godspeed. I hope you're well, and happy holidays. All right? We got more to come. We got plenty of festive tunes. We got that episode of The Office. We got questions. Well, I have answers to questions. I asked a question, so I guess I have answers from you. Because I already asked the questions. And then we got a special thing at the end of the show. So for now, let's go to our first festive tune. It's our dear friends, the wild and free. This song is so great. When the year ends, it's the Meltic Pat. We're coming right back.
1: What have I done? Why do I have nothing to show again? How the fun! Isn't so fun when you're alone again, snow in my lungs, but there is one deep inside, I'll be happy when the year ends, I'll be happy when the year ends, another chance A chance to start again I'll give it time I guess it's not a lot to ask for But I won't lie My merry spirit's running dry Unwrap my heart You'll find warmth deep inside take another shot at therapy. What more can this year take? I guess I'll take another present from the tree. What more can this year take? I guess I'll take another shot at again
0: man i love that song the wild and free when the year ends the melting pat the next level network happy holidays pat wouldn't that be better at the end maybe mystery caller maybe you're right but uh, we got something else for the end of the show. So it's, you're, we're all going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. Um, I, I just love that song. The Wild and Free uh, band on Twitter or something. I don't remember what it is. It's in the show notes. I'm sorry, friends. They put on the show. I should know this. But um, we should have them back when they put out a new record. Shouldn't we? Yes. Yes, we should. Wonderful. They're great. They're great. I love them. Um, you know what else I love? When I get, a, Even though I don't like reading out loud, when I get a lot of answers for these questions. So we had two for this week. Uh the second one's going to take a while. So uh we're going to squeeze this in right before lunch today, the first one. Uh <laughs> Which pie is your favorite? And uh one of the communities where I shared this, I unknowingly, unwittingly started a war between the pie and the cake lovers. I didn't know that uh that if you liked pie, it meant that you didn't like cake or if you, you know, pie sucks and cake is better. I don't I didn't understand the uh the attacks going on here, but I guess at some point on the show I'm going to have to do favorite cakes, right? If I didn't do it already. I know I've done favorite desserts, I think. And uh I don't think I've specifically done favorite cake though. So we're going to do that at some point. If we haven't already, we'll do some research. Jerome will get on it and uh we'll figure out if we've done that already. So we'll get there, but for now, which pie is your favorite? So we had some of these just mention the pie itself and if you mentioned more than one, I took your first choice to get these uh to get the definitive rankings, I guess, or the definitive favorite for the melting pat favorite pie. So we'll do that. So we I'll do that at the end and uh, and we'll let you know. Ron the Dial says if we're going favorite that's easy to find a decent version of, I'll go pumpkin. But if we're talking all time favorite, uh though not easy not so easy to find or find done well, rhubarb. That's good. I don't know that I've had rhubarb. Dave you're listening. I know you are. Um, Have you ever had a rhubarb pie out at the gathering that we've gone to? Because if you have, then there's a chance I've eaten it. If not, uh, make one and send it to us. Thanks. Also, thank you, Ron. Pumpkin. Good choice. Vito says pumpkin pie, definitely. And chocolate cream pie will get a shout out from me as well. But if we're being honest, that's just chocolate pudding. Fair. Fair point. Pumpkin, great. Chocolate cream pie is also great. Just saying. So, worthy of a shout-out. Clockshot says, I found myself digging cannoli pie these days. Now, I love cannolis, as my Italian ancestors uh, will attest. I love I love cannolis. I don't think I've ever had a cannoli pie, so we're going to have to rectify that. I know I did uh, recently... Oh, fast food breakfast, where I'm going to have to try all these and, um, and, I don't know, rank them for the patrons or something. So I'm going to have to do these desserts, I guess. Let's figure it out. Thank you, Clockshot. All right, Dave Wadding says... Pecan, pecan. Oh, Dave Wadding. Oh, all right. He also says I have a Patty LaBelle sweet potato pie in the fridge right now. Way better than pumpkin. Can we boo Dave Wadding, please? Boo this
2: man! Boo! Boo!
0: Boo! Boo! Thank you. That is, that's my. I mentioned when he, uh, when he said this. If I was awarding points, Dave Wadding, you'd be minus two right now. Because first of all. Pecan pie is gross. That's number 1. Second of all, sweet potato pie also not better than pumpkin pie. So, there we go. We could disagree. Yeah, I I appreciate the answer. For sure. I appreciate the conviction with which you answered the question, whether this was aimed at me or aimed at everyone saying pumpkin pie and not mentioning pecan pie. That's fine. I don't I don't mind. I appreciate the answer, but also, it's my show, so I have free reign to uh, to take a dump on your answer if I'd like. But for real, happy holidays. Thanks for the answer. Uh, I hate pecan pie. It's gross. And sweet potatoes are nasty. So we're not going to get uh, thumbs up on those for me. But thank you anyway. I know I really, it doesn't seem like I'm thankful for his answer. But I am, because I got to make fun of people who say the word pecan for some reason. And it, I don't know why they say it that way. But anyway, or maybe he's just trolling. That's a possibility too, right? He's just messing with us. Is that, is that fair? Dave Wadding, if you listen to the show, I don't know that you do, but if you listen to the show, you know what? No, don't, I was going to say, let me know if you're trolling. Don't let me know. Keep the mystery. You're a great troll and you're a good dude in general, except for these two things. Uh, Lockjaw says, apple pie. Any other pie is a letdown. I'm like, oh, they didn't have apple? My aunt Susan makes a wonderful apple pie. We made uh, an apple, well, we were going to do apple pie. And then I realized how much work the like doing the crust would be, and I said, nope, we're not doing that. So it was like an apple, I don't know, cobbler, I guess. It was great. Tasted great. Apple pie is great. Hot cinnamon, hot cinnamon apples are great. Love them. Fantastic. Thank you, Lockjaw. MAG says, cherry all the way. That's a solid one. It's a solid choice. Thank you, Seth. Says, Thank you for this, Seth. Pizza is the only correct answer thank you. Not the, not the only one to make that joke. I appreciate it all the same. Kyle says, Derby pie. It's pecan pie, but add chocolate and bourbon to make it better, uh, to each their own. I don't know that anything would make a pecan pie taste good to me because I just don't, I don't know, which is weird because you know, those pecan swirls, those little things that come in a little tray. I love those, but pecan pie for me is gross. I hate it. I hate it. It's awful. Um, Oh, let me mention, by the way, Kyle and Kenny come as a package deal. Kenny said French silk pie, which I mean to look up because somebody uh, somebody else brought that up, didn't they? Yeah, somebody else brought up French silk. Maybe Ben? I forget. I'm, I meant to look up what that is. You know what? Let's do, We're going to do that right now. Hold on. French silk pie. I'm sorry you just had to hear typing. Okay. Uh, what is French silk pie made of? features an Oreo cookie crust, rich and creamy chocolate filling, and is topped with homemade whipped cream and chocolate shavings. That's from handletheheat.com. Is that accurate? Is that a good description of a French silk pie? Is that good? No? Okay. Anyway, if that is really what a French silk pie is, that's goddamn delicious. If that's not what it is, somebody has to let me know what it actually is. (laughs) Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kenny, for those. Chad says, pumpkin... Unless there's no whipped cream, Chad, our buddy from Two Fat Dudes, TFT Nerdcast, pardon me, um, says, Pumpkin, unless there's no whipped cream, in that case, f- your pie, give me cake. So I said, all right, Chad, I need to clarify here. Is it Cool Whip or Ready Whip? Ready Whip, or do you not have a preference? And he said, Cool Whip is king, but if you have some form of whipped cream, I can work with you. There you go. That is important, and I, I will give a, a point to the cake people. And I also love cake, right? But for a lot of different pies, you kind of need to add whipped cream. And my whole thing with food is if you have to add something, then it's not as good as another thing, right? Like you, you can eat a cake by itself and not have to add anything because it's all already in there. But the fact that you have to add whipped cream or whatever to make things, to enhance them, I, when did I talk about this? With, um, when someone said, oh, pizza rolls when somebody said oh well you have to add olive oil and drizzle and do this and that when you have to enhance a product to make it taste great the product on its own is not good enough i'm not saying pumpkin pie is not good enough on its own it is especially in crumble cookie form but a point for the cake people is that yes you don't have to add anything to a cake but for a lot of things whipped cream really is a part a big part of the presentation that makes sense I'm with you on that one, Chad. I love pumpkin pie, though, still. Um, oh, I was going to say pumpkin spice roll is an offshoot, I guess. Is that a cake? Would you consider that a cake? Are we delving into a new question now? Uh, is pumpkin spice roll, I guess, yeah, it'd be called pumpkin spice cake, too, right? It'd be the same. Is that the same thing? Maybe. Somebody let me know. Every time I've talked about this, every time I try to Google pumpkin spice roll, I don't get like where I can buy it. I get a recipe, and that's never what I want. But anyway. Thank you, Chad. All right. Uh, Danielle says the one I make. Oh. Can we boo? Yeah, that's, yeah. Boo this
2: man!
0: Yeah, self serving answer. You better send me a pie, Danielle. I'll take out the, if you send me a pie, I'll go back and take out the boo. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Thank you all for your answers. I greatly appreciate your input big fan of all y'all thank you for me it's boston cream that's that's it number 1 boston cream one year i think i mentioned this on the show my brother-in-law decided he was going to make the pies for the christmas gathering or thanksgiving or whenever and he's like hey what kind of pies do you guys want and they said oh pumpkin apple something something and i like half joking said boston cream because i knew either he was going to say no screw you i'm not doing that or And this is what I banked on because I know that this is the kind of guy he is. He was going to take that as a challenge as if I was saying to him, there's no way you can make a Boston cream pie, which is not why I suggested it. I legitimately wanted a Boston cream pie, and I suggested it because that's what I wanted. But I also knew that it's a pain in the ass to make. Like I know the ganache is kind of a pain to do all that stuff and put it all together. So I was not expecting him to actually make it. And he did. Not only did he make it. It was the best Boston cream pie I've ever had in my life, and I'm not joking. It's fantastic. Yeah, so Boston cream, my favorite. I always get that as in a a donut form. Uh, There was a crumble cookie Boston cream, which was amazing, and a Boston cream pie. Yeah, I do love pumpkin pie. I love it, and uh, apparently, I also love French silk pie. So there we go. Favorite pies. Uh, Also, we got uh, three more votes for pumpkin, one blueberry, four lemon meringue two two more french silk and one apple so or no the two french silk that's kenny's included so two total for french silk one more for apple three more for pumpkin that's our clear winner and uh four lemon meringue i love lemon meringue pie i love it and like the lemon meringue squares bars whatever you call them i love it i'm gonna have to try to get a lemon meringue pie pretty soon maybe i wonder if i can get them with the next grocery order i'm gonna try that out on uh friday We'll see what I can do. Oh, I can add early Friday from work, so I'm going to order that. I can order early on Friday and not have to have anybody deliver on Christmas Eve. That's going to be great. All right, now we got a thing. Okay, uh, thank you for all your answers. I greatly appreciate you, and uh, we're going to come up with another question later on in the show uh, about your favorite part of the holidays, and there are there's a lot, so we're going to have to wait on that because it's going to take a while, and uh, time is a factor, as it usually is, but now, speaking of time, it's time to move on to with the rest of the show. So, coming up after the break, we uh, we reviewed The Office episode, Season 3, Episode 10, Benny Hanna Christmas, so get on board for that. But before we get there, we have a wonderful festive tune, Hanna and Danny Schmitz, or produced by Danny Schmitz. I've been playing the song of the show for like four years, and I'm not sure yet. I don't know what the deal was, but uh, I think I said this already after the song. But anyway, Hanna ho 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 i love this song so much happy holidays it's the melting pat on the next level network we're coming right back
1: wrapping up our presents and stick them right up
0: hana ho 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 that sounds mean i'm sorry hana 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 it's hana right hana come on the show let me know uh how to say your name make fun of me for not being able to read anyway the song is ho ho Ho. i love that song so much that is featuring danny schmitz or produced by uh, by my dear friend danny schmitz i don't know that's how I, f- I found it through him there we go so i think it's hana is her website um I love how, by the way, so every year when I play the song, by the way, it's the Melting Pat, Next Level Radio. Um, oh, Next Level Radio, going old school, Next Level Network. <laughs> so every year when I play Ho, Ho, Ho by Hana Khan, because she is part of my Christmas story lore at this point, Christmas show lore. Um, she always responds really excitedly, like, yes, I'm a part of that. Oh, thanks for including me. I'm like, yes, of course, you are a part of the tradition because you wrote a wonderful festive song. And I love it. So go check her out. She does other things. Uh, Pat, you should probably look it up and let us know. You're right, I should. I should do that. Uh, I'm not going to do it now because I don't have time. But, uh, you know, one of these years, I'm going to look it up and let you know what else is going on with Hannah. Hannah, Or or if I figure out how to say her name. My bad. All right, so there you go. Check her out. Um, (laughs) Like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, this episode is going to sound a little... uh, Little off, maybe, because I'm doing all the things on at separate times, because that's just how the scheduling's going to work out. So, also, I'm pretty sure the microphone has been in a different spot every with every segment I've recorded today. So, that's how we're doing things. All right, all right. So, um, I guess a new tradition that we started last year when I decided, hey, let's talk about the Office Christmas episodes, the U.S. version. Um, let's talk about those. Uh, so, I watched season three, episode ten. Benny! Benihana Christmas. Um, I think this is one of the most memorable episodes of the show, right? I mean, season three, so this is right after the merger between the Stanford branch and the Scranton branch. And so you're still introducing the characters of Karen and Andy to the whole thing and, and, and trying to get everybody really together and on the same page as, as one office instead of us versus them kind of thing. So, yeah, really, I think, pivotal episode of the show. So um, I will pause here for a second, let you cue it up on your Peacock or is it on Netflix or your DVD or wherever you have it uh, through whatever means you wish to watch it. Season three, episode 10, or um, on some things, episode 10 and 11, because it was a two-part episode. um, The way I have it is it's one episode. So it's 310, Benny Hana Christmas, The Office, US. So I'll pause, maybe I'll put a little uh, Office sounder in here. And then we'll break it down. All right? Sound good? Great. Let's go. So the cold open, one of the funnier cold opens I can remember. And we do watch this show often. It's on Comedy Central a lot. So we just kind of have it on throughout the day. And uh, it just comes on every so often. So especially now, uh, this episode is going to be. I also have the office secret Santa pack. I got it from FYE years ago. And uh, this is on there. And they, they got me. It was out of the register. It's like five bucks with any purchase. And it's like six or five or six uh, Christmas episodes of The Office. And I'm like, yes, this sounds great. Perfect. Um, one of the funnier cold opens because Dwight goes in, oh, Merry Christmas, everybody. And he's got a dead goose in his hand. And he's like, hey, I accidentally ran it over with my car. It's a Christmas miracle. And everybody's like, dude, this is gross. What are you doing? What are you talking about? Toby's like, dude, you can't keep that here. We've talked about this. Because one year, Dwight brought a duck and uh, to have for lunch, and the members of the office got attached to the duck because he had not killed the duck before. And he's like, no, no, this is already dead. This is different. And so finally, Dwight, Dwight just wears him down. Uh, so it's sitting, the whole time this is going on, by the way, the goose is sitting on Pam's desk at reception. And <laughs> Dwight's like, Pam, watch this. I'm going to go get my, uh, my carving knife from my trunk. And then Toby walks in and says, no, dude. You can't have this. Um, and <laughs> he's like, no, listen. The Shroots use every part of the goose. And so he finally wears Toby down. He's like, clean it in your car. And then Pam goes, I'd like it off my desk, please. And Dwight's like, oh, Pam. And just leaves. He just leaves it, leaves a dead goose right there on Pam's desk. What I would have loved, by the way, is because this episode is the one with two Christmas parties. Why wasn't the goose featured in either of them? I mean, I know that Dwight wasn't in the office for most of this. But I like to think he found a way to cook the goose anyway. And that maybe it should have been served at the end of the episode. Well, like when they, well, we'll get there, but I think that, uh, I think this should have happened. Right. Is that not? No. Anyway. So we get the intro. Michael rides in on a bike with a bow on it for the toy drive. And, uh, people notice something peculiar about the bike. The Tires are worn. The paint is chipping. And, uh, they pretty much figure out it's Michael's old bike. And the, the point of like Toys for Tots or like a toy driver or whatever is that you buy a new toy to give to a kid who doesn't have toys. And so Michael decided, I'm just going to give away my old bike. And <laughs> I thought it was great. Uh, Michael is very excited because he's got tickets for Jamaica for his girlfriend, Carol, the, uh, the girlfriend slash real estate agent. And uh, But then here she is. She shows up and she's not in a festive mood. Um she was, of course, invited to the Christmas party. She's not happy, and she needs to talk. Oh, no, we need a moment. I need a moment with you in your office. So it turns out he Photoshopped himself, his face, onto a picture of Carol and her kids with her ex-husband. So he cut out the ex-husband's face, or, or it actually looks like he just glued a picture of his face onto her ex-husband's face and then sent that as his Christmas card. Uh, Skeezin's greetings. And she's not, uh, which, okay. I don't love this, sending it out as like a mass holiday card. But if you wanted to do that, like, and just put it in your office or like give it to her as like a weird joke, I think that would have been okay. But the fact that uh, I think Michael appeared to send it to a number of people, um, or maybe he didn't. Maybe he just gave it to her. But he said, that's my Christmas card, making it sound like that's what he sent out to all his family and friends which is not great, not a great move by uh by Michael. Not good. So, Carol's like this is weird. I don't know how to take this. I no, I don't want to I don't want to do this anymore. And Michael's like, "No, we got to go to Jamaica. We're leaving in 2 days." And she's like, "No." So she leaves. She breaks up with him. He of course is very sad. And uh you know, as anyone would be when your girlfriend leaves you, I guess, especially when you're like it's the beginning of the day and you like you just got to work and now you're excited for the party, you're excited for Jamaica, and now the woman uh, who you thought was going to be with you is now not in your life anymore. So it's like, ooh, that's real sad. Um, So meanwhile, Pam has a gift for Jim, and she, for months, has been sending Dwight letters from the CIA, giving him a mission, she's got a dossier, uh, and so Jim looks at it, laughs, and goes, you know what, I don't think I should do this anymore. I don't think I should be doing more pranks, because I want to kind of get promoted and and get back into a better swing of things. And okay, all right, a little disappointed, but okay, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, I'm I'm talking about this like no one's ever seen it before, but I'm also, you know, I'm trying not to spoil things because we're going to get to all the things. So Michael comes out of his office. He's super sad. He's like, nope, Christmas is canceled. And Stanley's like, you can't cancel a holiday. <laughs> it was a great exchange where he's like, you can't cancel a holiday. Michael's like, keep it up. You're losing New Year's. (laughs) Stanley's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Jim, take New Year's away from Stanley. (laughs) Oh, it was fantastic. Just a fun little exchange. And uh, it turns out also that the bathrobe that everybody got from corporate, they're one short. So Dwight's like Michael, wear a bathrobe short, and Michael just goes, yeah, just take it from Toby. So Dwight goes over, Toby's got his robe in his hand. He's like, hey, pretty nice, right? And Dwight just snatches it and walks away. Doesn't say anything. Just grabs it and walks away. And Toby's like, why? Come on, man. So then we have like this C plot of... So I guess the A plot is uh, Michael trying to get over his breakup. The B plot, I suppose, would be the Christmas parties. Or maybe, you know, swap those. Maybe it's the Christmas parties and then Michael and Carol and all that. And then a little C-plot of Toby trying to get a feel for, like, trying to get that softness of the, trying to get a robe, basically. There's a scene when he's in the kitchen with Kevin, and he, like, rubs Kevin's shoulder because Kevin's wearing the robe. And then, like, a weird, (laughs) just like a funny, weird bit. (laughs) Because Toby lost out on his robe, which was not fair. Not fair at all. So, the party planning committee is planning for the day. Here's my thing. Uh, I don't know that it I'm trying to figure out how much preparation they had for this party because it's that day, and they're still, they're going over like, Hey, we need to do this, and then, like the same day the party is happening, Karen is pitching new ideas, and I'm not saying that Angela was right to dismiss her, but it seems like that should like those things should have been ironed out at least a you know some episodes ago, right? Like when the merger happened, that should have been one of the things where it was like, because this is, I think, two episodes after the merger. And so you would think like sometime in between, they would say, hey, by the way, we've got this Christmas party, you know, who wants to jump in and, and join the committee? Not that Angela would have been okay with, you know, adding more people to the party planning committee, but, I and I get it's a TV show and this is just done for like the whole big plot of an, e- of the episode or one of them is the, the party. But I just feel like if we're really thinking about this and we shouldn't do this with TV, but uh, <laughs> if we're really thinking about this, you know, shouldn't have this, shouldn't this have been taken care of before, but then we don't get this. So Angela uh, listens to Karen's ideas and it seems like everyone else uh, is okay with them. And then Angela's like, Nope, Nope, get out. You're done. You tried it. It's not going to work. So kicks her out of the meeting because she has ideas. And then Pam decides, Hey, I like those ideas. You know, what we should do is plan our own party. So they do. So now it's the committee to, the committee to plan parties. And Dwight, Angela tells Dwight, and Dwight says, Oh, wait a minute. You have to disband. And then Jim comes over and says, Hold on. I can settle this. It's like, I'm the committee to determine the validity of the two party planning committees. I'm the only member. And, uh, My favorite part about this little scene is how seriously Dwight takes the bit, right? Because Jim just comes over and he's talking out of his ass, right? None of this means anything. And Jim just walks over and says, I'm the committee to determine whether whether we can have two-part planning committees. And Dwight just completely goes along with the bit. And Jim's like, I determine this committee's valid. And Dwight's like, wait, permission to join the committee. Jim's like, permission denied. (laughs) And then like, Dwight, has decided now that, oh, well, that was the ruling. He was on the committee, and I, I follow the rules. So <laughs> I just love that the, uh, that Dwight commits to the bit. One of my favorite little scenes in this episode. Uh, so lunch at Benihana. So Andy decides that we're going to get your mind off these things, boss. We're going to go to Benihana. Benihana. We're going to go over there. You're not going to think about Carol. You're going to be doing other stuff. And so Dwight decides to need a dream team. So he says Dwight, Jim, Ryan. Ryan has excuses, he doesn't want to go. So Jim and Dwight and Andy and Michael go off to have bunch have lunch at Benny bunch at Lenny Hanna or uh in fact. And uh it's really great. So they sit down and then there's a couple. So it's Michael, Andy, Jim and then there's a couple between and then there's Dwight who gets squeezed out and uh <laughs> definitely on purpose. Because Andy's whole thing is, I'm going to get close to the boss and kiss his ass, and I'm going to be better at it than Dwight. And so uh, (laughs) he's—so Dwight's trying to hear what's going on and just trying to be involved, and he's not. And uh, it's—you know, you feel for Dwight a little bit. You know, somebody who has been loyal to the boss for so long and now just gets squeezed out because there's someone else who's kissing his ass. uh, That's—I'm with you, Dwight, a little bit. Uh, And so we're back at the office— Phyllis is now being ping-ponged between the two party committees. Really, she's just trying to get a snack, and she's talking to Pam and Karen in the break room. They're like, oh, you can eat in here. And Angela, don't tell her what to do. And Phyllis is like, oh, okay. For whatever reason at this point, Phyllis is still kind of like, maybe this is the wrong phrase, but under Angela's thumb in terms of being on the committee and doing things at work. And I'm not really sure why. I can't remember like the the beginning of... Phyllis kowtowing to Angela's whims. I don't remember if it was really explained or if it just was already established when the show started. But at this point in the show, uh, Phyllis is still, you know, beholden to Angela in a way. And so they're like, all right, it's what we're doing. And uh, I love the little, um, whatever you call the little, I don't want to call them confessionals, like it's a reality show, but the little breaks when the guys, the people are in uh, in the conference room by themselves and Kevin's like, oh, Angela's party, I heard, will have double-fudge brownies, but it will also have Angela. Oh, brownies, Angela. Oh, man. And so there's this rift in the office because now you have Angela's party, which was planned from the start, and now Karen and Pam's party, which was thrown together that day in reaction to Angela dismissing all of Karen's ideas. And there's a great quote. I got a clip here when um, Pam and Karen talking about whether or not they went too far with this bit.
1: Are we taking this too far? You know what? I don't think we're taking this far enough. I got goosebumps.
0: And I really liked it. Just the look on Pam's face, the whole how seriously they're all committed to what's going on. I love it. So we're back at the restaurant. Michael needs steak and just steals it from the other guy at the table. He's like, oh, it's family style. The guy's like, no. No, don't do that. No. And then Jim decides at the restaurant to prank Dwight, because Dwight's trying to hear what the waitress is saying to Michael. And Jim just makes something up, and Dwight makes a fool of himself, and the cutaway is like, that's different. This is, uh, all right, no, I'm pranking Dwight again, (laughs) because, see, I knew Jim would come around. I knew it. I goddamn knew he would come around. So we're back at the party. Angelo's party is a snooze fest. Pam and Karen's party. Starting off hot, but there's no power cord for the karaoke machine. Daryl says, don't worry, you don't need that thing. I'm going to go get my synthesizer. It was like, yeah, Daryl, Daryl. Coming through. Love it. I wonder what happened to the power cord. I wonder. What, just walk away? I guess we're going to find out. Maybe. So uh, Michael and Andy decide we're going to invite the waitresses back to the Christmas party because that's a thing that people do. And here's my question. So, you figure it's lunchtime at this restaurant, right? So, what do you think? Like 11 30, 12, 12 30, something like that. So, how long is the shift that a waitress can just leave? Like that two waitresses can leave. So, let's say they're at the restaurant for an hour, right? So, the, all right, let's go with lunches at 12. Say they get there. All right, say they got there like 11.30. 30. And they're there, let's go an hour and a half. Well, no, wait a minute, because. Angela said her party was starting at 3. Pam and Karen said their party was starting at 2.45. But then I guess... No, wait, they started early. So I guess we don't know what time that was. But let's say lunch is over at 2. So in what, like, what restaurant is going to say, yeah, sure, two waitresses, go right ahead to this office party, go leave work and go to this office party. Like, did their shift end? How long were they there before that? Maybe my timing is off. I don't know, but... Just something i thought of when i was watching this episode is that when like who would why were they allowed to go like why were they allowed to leave work unless their shift was over but then when would it have started right did they work like a four-hour shift and that's it in december that seemed like holiday time for a lot of places is super busy right so why would they be allowed to leave in the middle of the day i don't know maybe i'm looking into this too much but Michael, of course, mixes up the waitresses, doesn't remember which one is which. It's not that they look that much alike, but, you know, it's Michael. This is the, you know, the thing Michael would do. Uh, he marked her arm, right? Did we get to? Yeah, he. Uh... <laughs> oh, man, he marked. That was so funny. It was just so funny. Like, he ended up doing that. And I was like, of course he did. Why wouldn't he do that? And it was a big mark on her arm. Uh, also, Kevin is crushing karaoke, by the way, just crushing it. And so Karen and Pam realize how much of a snooze fest and how, no, maybe not that. They realize how sad Angela is. And they decided the only reason they wanted to do the second party was to get Karen's ideas out into the universe because Angela just dismissed them so quickly. So then they go to Angela and they say, All right, we're going to disband our committee. We'd like to merge parties. And uh, it turns out Angela's an evil genius because she hid the power cord. In the plant, outside of the conference room, just a diabolical little, oh you, oh Angela, um, yes. And then Michael marks the waitress's arm, which is hysterical. i just—it's like it's so dumb, and it's just like, of course, Michael Scott would mark a girl's arm to tell her apart from another girl who doesn't look like her. Like that's the bit—they don't look like each other at all. But Michael's so dumb, and well, he's drunk at that point too, so he's just so stupid and too embarrassed. To admit that he doesn't know which one is which. Because he's he's just so dumb. And, uh, oh, this couldn't be made today. Probably not. Probably not. But at the time, still funny. And exactly what the character would do. So it really, uh, it worked for me, brother. It worked for me. Um, Now, I don't know if Pam gave her robe to Toby. Or if they found another one. But Toby got his robe from Pam. Very excited. Because that's really all Toby wanted. So we resolved that one, and I'm happy for Toby. Good for you, and he got a hug from Pam, which he also would like because he loves Pam. If you don't know, um, so Michael decides he's in love with the waitress, even though he doesn't know which one is which one is the one he brought with him. So she's like, "Nope, I, I got it." She wants to uh, take her to Jamaica, and she's like, "No, I have school. I can't go with you, weirdo." And then keeps his bike. So Michael gave away his bike to the girl. <laughs> that was supposed to go to the toy drive, but it was his old bike anyway. So she just took it. She just rides it out of the office or wheels it out of the office. She's like, bye. All right, see ya. And something I noticed when, so Michael's sitting down now outside of, uh, on the little couch next to the reception desk. And he's sad. And Jim sits down next to him. He's like, dude, you you had a rebound. Like it sucks. when Like it's good when you're in it. And then when it's over, you're back to the girl who you really liked. And you could see when Jim is telling Michael about this. Now, I don't I don't think Pam is sitting there at the time. In fact, no, she's not. So, Jim, like, we don't see reception. But we see Jim look up at the reception desk the whole time he's telling Michael about the rebound and, like, oh, well, then you're right back to the girl you wanted to be with in the first place, the one who broke your heart or whatever. And you could see Jim making little looks at reception. Really, like, because that's a whole little through line here, too, is that... Roy was helping out Pam, and you know Jim looking up, and Jim and Karen, their whole thing, and Pam was, you know, eyeing them up. So it's a whole little, uh, little through line here. Almost a, I don't want to call it a deep plot, but it's definitely something that uh, that shouldn't have been, that shouldn't be ignored, in this episode. So just a little thing I noticed when Jim was trying to uh, to comfort Michael in his time of need, in his hour of need, when he's just being sad. Uh, <laughs> I just liked it, just a little nod, just a little nod. And then Angela, they've merged parties, and uh, Angela's doing her rendition, her classic rendition of Little Drummer Boy on the karaoke machine, and then we, like, we go over to Michael, he's in his office, he finds a companion for Jamaica, we'll find out who that is. Uh, Oscar and Gil open the door to the office, remember Oscar uh, had left because Michael kissed him and was on a three-month vacation, is that when this, are we in the right timeline here? Uh, he opens the door, or they come in, and he's looking around at the party, and he's like, no, too soon, and just leave. And then uh, then we're in the tag, and Dwight is now waiting for the CIA helicopter because, yes, Jim has decided to join in Pam's prank that she's been sending him CIA stuff. And Jim gets to decide his final mission, and uh, <laughs> Dwight is on the roof waiting for the CIA helicopter, and he gets a text, you've been compromised destroy phone. And he goes, oh, compromised, destroy phone. Oh, and the last scene of the episode is Dwight on the roof, throwing his phone because he thinks the CIA has uh, one, recruited him and then told him he's been compromised. So So a lot happened in this episode. Uh, This is one of my favorite episodes of the show. It's one of the most memorable, I think, one of a, kind of a pivotal one in terms of like how many characters are Almost cemented in the lore of the show, because you have Jim and Pam, that whole thing still happening. Michael being an idiot and then finding someone else to go to Jamaica. And Karen has a really big role in this episode. Angela being a menace almost of the party planning committee, and just a lot of really fun things going on in this uh, at this Christmas party. And it was really fun. So there we go. The Office, "Benny Hana Christmas." We did it. We made it. Just a lot of a lot of memorable scenes in this episode uh michael marking the waitress's arm oh my god i <laughs> no you couldn't do that today but you could do it in 2000 i don't know 6 or 7 whenever this came out maybe they couldn't have done it then maybe they shouldn't have done it then but again it fits in exactly what the character would do and it just they played it so everybody played it so perfectly and it maybe want to go to hibachi i think we got a hibachi place not too far from here we used to i don't know if they're still open but now I kind of want to go. I want to get fresh steak and chicken off the grill there and uh, and enjoy that. There is an all-you-can-eat steak. I talked about this when we went right before the world shut down. We went to a place, all-you-can-eat steakhouse. We should go there. I'm going to tell Jill when we're done. We should go there. All right. So there you go. There's your recap of your Office Christmas episode for this year. Fantastic. Fantastic. I love... Oh, my God. So good. So let's, uh, let's go to a song, and then we'll come back, and we will... Uh, we got another question, so we'll do that. But uh, before we, <laughs> oh boy, before we get there, our dear friend Bronnie, she has got her wonderful Christmas song. This is actually the first song I heard from Bronnie. She's great. She's done more since. I should have her on the show. I know. But I love this song. It's festive. Fantastic. Bronnie, modern day Christmas. It's the Melty Pat, the Next Level Network. Happy holidays. Coming right back.
2: this time I've lost count of loss count at the times of burn my town
0: Bronny, modern day christmas it's the melting pad happy holidays the next level network i love that song Bronny's great BronnyMusic.com. check out more from her and all of our friends all the festive things all that will be in the show notes in case i forgot or said something wrong because that's always a possibility but there we go so our final part of the show today we had a second question i decided let's do this i've done um what's on your wish list before And that's gotten some answers. I did uh, favorite holiday traditions, and that kind of gets some answers. But today, so it's kind of a a, uh, derivative twist. Let's call it that, derivative twist on that. Um, What is your favorite part of the holidays? So I think we got them all. If I missed you, I'm sorry. Uh, It's just how it happens. Yell at me, let me know, and I'll make it up to you. Or I won't. We'll just move on. I'll say my bad, and we'll move on. Dave says, family and friends get together. Yes, Dave, of course. Dave hosts all the stuff. Yeah, that's always good. That's a great part of, because a lot of times people will have off or at least have uh, the schedule be a little different where they have a little bit of uh, a wiggle room to hang out and get together and enjoy each other's company. So that's always good. Uh, Paul, our buddy Paul Williams, what lurks behind Podcast Zero, says, holiday horror flicks and Christmas lights. Ever since I was a kid, I've always loved the glow of Christmas lights at night. Man.
2: The soft glow of electric sex
0: gleaming in the window. I love Christmas lights. I'm not a big horror movie fan. Because as I've mentioned on this show. I'm a huge wuss. Uh, Jill is. My wife is a huge horror movie fan. And she's gotten me to watch more. Than I ever would have watched. So I think we're going to have to find a. There is a Santa. Uh, it just came out. Maybe a week or two ago. Where it's Santa goes on a killing spree or something like that. What the hell's that called? Uh, damn it. Paul when you listen to the show. Because I'm not going to look it up. So, Paul or Ben, when you listen to the show, let me know. The Santa that went on a killing spree or something came out this year, I think, um, this month even. So let me know if, uh, if that exists or if I had a fever dream. I don't know. Um, so one thing I, I always do say, uh, thank you, Paul, to anybody who writes in, like, kind of keep it brief because I can't read out loud. But for this question, for this time of year, for this episode, I will, uh, I will waive that requirement and read all of your novels that you send. So thank you very much. Speaking of Drave says, I love the time of year, cold weather for the win, the decorations, and just the whole set of festivities that happen around this. As I grew older and became a father and my children became old enough to understand the concept of Christmas, my new joy was seeing their reactions with the various traditions we do leading up to Christmas, as well as, as the surprise on Christmas morning. We have advent calendars for both for them. Both started elf on the shelf last year, which isn't as bad or isn't as terrible as the internet makes it out to be. And we always go to Monument Circle in downtown Indy to drop off letters at the Santa mailbox and also to walk around and look at the lights and stuff. That's great. I love that. We also drive around various neighborhoods to look at the lights all while listening to Christmas music. My wife will make hot chocolate and snacks for the kids and she makes herself a tall cup of crown and and coke. Good stuff. That's amazing, man. I love that. All of it, everything about that, that warms my heart, man. I love that so much. All the things like getting into all the traditions and all the decorations, <laughs> the lights, all that stuff, man. I love it. Thank you very much. Uh, not to be outdone, Gertner says not having to work. That's perfect, man. Like I, I brought this up. Like, what's your favorite thing? Like, if you don't, if you celebrate or not, if you just get time off from work, or if you just don't have to be around that annoying coworker. Like, I, that's what I want to know. And Gertner, right to the point. I love the holidays because I don't have to work. I don't think he celebrates a lot of stuff, but uh, he loves the holidays because he doesn't have to work, and that is enough. Like that is like everybody. Not everybody has to be in this grandiose thing of like we have to do this for the holidays. Like sometimes it's I just want to get some goddamn time off, and that's perfect. Thank you for that, Vito, my friend. A side note about Vito. I guess not about him specifically, but his segment, the Super Wins, where pitchers get more hits than runs they allow. I'm really sad we don't have that anymore because now there's a designated hitter in both leagues in baseball, so pitchers don't bat anymore. So I'm bummed out about that. Just saying. But Vito, if you want another segment, let me know. We'll fit you on the show somehow. Sound good? No? You even going to listen? I don't know. Uh, Anyway, to his answer, I wake up in my mom's house on Christmas morning. We go downstairs, have our morning coffee and Christmas mugs, and open gifts. It's nice, and it makes her happy to have me there. I'd rather my mom not spend any money on me, especially as I'm now in my mid-30s. But as an only child, I'm still always going to be her baby, and watching me open a couple gifts still means something to her. So I accept it, and I know I'll get a new video game, maybe a new kitchen gadget, and a new work shirt or two. Nice. And I'll usually break in the new game when I get home that day. That's solid, man. That's a solid... Look, I'm not saying everybody has to be you know, in with their family, because for sure you don't. But if you are, and you can keep these little traditions alive for as long as you can, that's awesome. I love it. I love that. Thank you, good sir. Let me know if you want another segment on the show. We'll try to fit something in and find new music, I guess. (laughs) Winter says, my favorite parts are the decorations and lights. There are so many creative people that just go ham on decorating their homes and businesses. For sure. One of our favorite traditions, when we were kids anyway, was driving around to see the lights. And now my mom did it one year when we still had Buster. So we crammed into my mom's little truck and drove around and saw the lights. And so I think what we'll do Well, the kid hasn't been feeling well lately, so maybe we'll skip it till next year. But I think what we'll do is kind of just take walks around the neighborhood at the beginning of the season when people really start putting in their decorations, like when also when it's a little warmer and nicer outside. I think we're going to do that. A new thing we started was uh, because the way our houses go, we live on a one-way street and in the back between the blocks is an alley where the trash gets collected. So everybody, when they get their new toys and treasures, they put all the big boxes out back. And so we can go and see what new stuff people got. Not to, like, rob them. We're not the sticky bandits. But just to see, like, oh, somebody got a new TV. Oh, somebody got a, an entertainment system. Oh, somebody got a new computer or whatever. And, uh, and it's pretty fun to see all the fancy stuff people got. But, uh, PSA, don't leave your boxes out because people might want to rob you. So, yeah, cut them up, put them in bags, hide the stuff. But then that ruins our tradition. So, uh, no, I'd rather you be safe. We'll find something else to do. Thank you, Winter. Crystal says, mine is finding and trying seasonal beers. This year, it's been even better because my wife is trying them with me. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. I want to do that. I miss beer. We should do that, right? Well, when, when Jill's not pregnant anymore, we'll do that. But yeah, I did mention she's pregnant with a surrogacy baby, right? Did I say that on here? I don't remember. If I didn't, Jill's pregnant with a surrogate baby. So there we go. I thought I mentioned it. If not, that's why we can't do it this year, because she can't have beer. <laughs> She doesn't even like beer, so maybe that wouldn't even work, but that seems really cool. That seems fun. That's great. Okay, uh, Lockjaw says, as a youngling, isn't it youngin? Is it youngin? Ye- he wrote youngling, so we'll, we'll leave it on there. Uh, it was family. All the aunts and uncles, cousins, grandparents, some of my happiest memories are us all together. As a slightly less youngling, my parents would have Hanukkah parties, at least one night with family, and then another with family friends. I always enjoyed those, too. Now, as an adult, extended family gatherings are pretty much impossible. My parents don't do those parties anymore, and I live far away from them. So what I enjoy is just getting the opportunity to take time off work, to go back home, and see at least my immediate family. COVID stopped that for a few years, but we're back to normal now. There you go. There you go. See? Going to see family, enjoying parties for whatever holiday you celebrate. I'm a Christmas guy, as you know. But Hanukkah parties, from what I hear, a Hanukkah party is a great time. Should we throw one? We don't celebrate Hanukkah at all, but is that like sacrilegious or are we breaking some kind of uh, taboo rule if we celebrate without actually being Jewish? Somebody let me know. All right. Thank you, Lockjaw. Enjoy your time with your family. Ron the Dial says, kind of like Drave, I really just love the feel of the whole season, weather and all. I don't have kids, but family stuff is always the focus this time of year. Who am I kidding? I spend time with my mom and sister year round. There you go. The day after Thanksgiving, I usually help my mom decorate her tree, and once I get back home, I set up my Christmas stuff. This was the first year I've ever done my own tree, and I already want a bigger one. Historically, I've just decorated with a ceramic tree and other ceramic stuff my granny painted over the years. The first Saturday of every December, I get together with my mom and sister to make cookies for holiday stuff that follows during the month. We do six different types of cookies and a big batch of homemade Chex Mix. Nice! This was my fourth year doing that. My dad used to do it with them, but after he passed, I jumped in and actually I really enjoyed doing it. For the past eight years, my sister and I go see a series of shows known as The War on Christmas, put on and performed by the Lawrence Arms, a Chicago punk band. Should I get them on the show? Think they let me play their stuff? I've never heard them, but should I try that? We're going to listen to them later. They changed up the format this year, so we skipped out. Instead, this past weekend, we went to the Music Box Theater and watched It's a Wonderful Life with pre-show caroling. I guess that's been going on for like 39 years or something, and it was sold out with like 700 people there. It was pretty good. Not sure I'd go sit in those old theater seats to watch It's a Wonderful Life for two hours again, though. That's fair. Theater seats are uncomfortable. Then we get together with my mom's side of the family, Christmas Eve. That's been the case my entire life. Although my grandma used to host before she passed, now my aunt does. On Christmas Day, we just chill at my mom's house. Uh, since my dad passed, one of my parents' old neighbors will come with their family and we'll drink Bloody Marys and shoot the <laughs> sh-. Nice, man. After they leave, we watch Christmas movies until I need to catch the train. Although this year, I have the 26th and 27th off, so I'll probably head home on the 26th. It's always hit or miss with my dad's side. This year, they are planning to get together New Year's Eve early in the day, but no one's locked that in somehow. Oh, man. Oh, that's going to be fun. It's always a on that side, and outside of my granny, I couldn't care less to see anyone else. By that point, I'm usually ready for all of it to be over so I can move on to celebrating my birthday the entire next month. Okay, no, I don't really do that, but one month of holiday spirit is more than enough for me by the end. I also love a work, a holiday bonus at work. There we go. I think we made it out of that one okay. Thank you, good sir. That's awesome, man. I love it. You still come together. And do all the stuff. You know, when you lose people, it gets rough. But uh, being able to still come together and find time and find ways to celebrate the season. And even just celebrating the time you get to spend together is uh, is amazing and a wonderful part of why I love this season so much. It's fantastic. Thank you, good sir. Enjoy your time. Uh, Keith says, I unabashedly love Christmas music. Yes! Even the kind of religious stuff. There's a comfort to it. So I'll be dipping into my very large pile of vinyl and pulling my Vince Guaraldi and Burl Ives, HUAC shenanigans aside, discs and settling in. I um, I forgot about Burl Ives being a communist, <laughs> or like he was mentioned in that famous pamphlet in the fifties, and he had to something happened where he he like had to renounce it or something, so he didn't lose, so he didn't get blacklisted and lose all his money. Something like that. Anyway, have a holly, jolly Christmas. And what's good for me is good for everyone, or whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm not cutting that out. I know that was incorrect factually about what communism is. But uh, do you like my Burl Ives rendition? No? All right. Kiss her once for me. There you go. Um, I love Christmas music so much. My wife hates it. She doesn't hate it. But she doesn't like it as much as I do. and. Uh, I try not to annoy her, especially now. She's in a, a delicate state, delicate state, Christ. She's pregnant. I'm trying not to piss her off. <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. I love all of this, getting together with family and friends, having time off, holiday movies and shows, delicious treats, the decorations, the lights, all of it, man. And one well, man and they ladies they, and gentlemen, I love every bit of it. And um, I really hope that whatever you have going on, even if it's nothing, just hanging out, having a day off or whatever, uh, whatever you have going on, I hope you enjoy yourself. I hope you are happy and healthy and safe. And uh, if you need to talk to somebody, let me know. If you need to talk at someone, to someone, with someone, let me know. I'm here. I know the holidays can be uh can be kind of rough for a number of reasons for uh for a number of people. So again, uh if you need someone to just scream at, if you need to dump on somebody, if you wanted to leave me a voicemail, 209-867-7638. I won't play it on the show uh, I'll hear you out just as long as you get it out of your brain. If you want to leave it here with me, you can do that. Uh, but whatever you have going on, I know that's a weird thing to put in, but it's also, you can't forget that the holiday season is not the happiest for everyone. And so I want to make sure that no matter what you're going through, what's going on with you, that I hear you. I love you. I hope you're well. And if, uh, if I can help you in any way, let me know and I will do my best. All right. Okay. Thank you for all your answers, everyone. I appreciate it. I hope all of your holidays are wonderful. But also, you know, I say I love all this stuff, and, like, the kid's getting bigger, and before we know it, he'll be understanding what's going on and enjoying things, so it's going to be great. But also, even though I'm not religious, there is, like Keith brought up, even the religious stuff, because I don't think Keith is religious either. Uh, The religious music, that is. There is something special about the Charlie Brown Christmas special there's something wonderful about it, the way Linus explains Christmas. Like Charlie Brown is just so done with, you know, figuring out how to do the Christmas play and set up all the stuff. Like, doesn't anybody know what what's going on around here? And Linus, you know, explains it, they gets the spotlight. We're gonna play it in a second, of course. But it's um I just always have felt a connection to that because at a certain point you kind of have to let all the extra stress of the season go and understand what we're doing here. Even if you don't, like, there's still—the reason that Christmas is a thing, for the most part, is it's a big birthday party for a magical baby, right? So, (laughs) no, we're being serious. All right. Um, So even though uh, Linus is a backstabber, as we've discussed, and even though I'm not very religious myself, there is something wonderful about the way— that he explains Christmas to Charlie Brown, and I can always appreciate it, and every year I watch it, I have my Peanuts band playing the music. Not this year, though. Didn't get batteries, and I have nowhere to put it yet. But it's the Peanuts, it's a classic, and uh, I love the way Linus explains Christmas.
2: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown, I can
1: tell you what Christmas is all about.
0: And there you have it. We did it. We try to do it every year. I hope that uh, I don't get sued or uh, at the very least, it'd be a what? A, a C&D And I'd have to take it down. But um, Linus Explained, Christmas to Charlie Brown, that's what I just played. And then uh, The Kid's Singing. Then we come in over that and hopefully it sounded okay. The Melting Path the Next Level Network. So that is, uh, that's all for today. We did it. This was, um, as always, the holiday show is packed. I do that on purpose because there's a lot to go here. There's a lot of the a lot of stuff to read and a lot of stuff to, to get on about. Um, so thank you for joining me. Thank you for answering the questions. Whatever you're doing or not doing, I hope you have a lovely time. If I can help in any way, let me know. My thanks to The Wild and Free, to Hanukkahn slash Danny Schmitz, to Brony, to... Let's see. Brony, Hanukkahn, Wild and Free. Did we miss one? No. Linus. It's Linus, right? That was the other one? Thanks, Linus. He's not going to listen. Um, <laughs> that is all. All right. Go have fun. Go enjoy yourself. Uh, if you got time off, you got whatever whatever you got going on, enjoy it. Have fun. Be safe. Don't be a moron. All right. Remember that some of these nights where people go out to the bar, it's amateur night. They don't, ha- they don't know how to handle themselves. So be careful and uh, know your own limits. Is that good? Should we save that for new? Well, we're not really doing a New Year's episode because we have a guest next week. But um, just go have fun, okay? I'm over at The meltic Pat. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm on Hive, I think, and .com. There's a network tab. Check out all of our shows. And uh, no G love today. We have a special ending, but check them out anyway at philadelphonic.com. And that is it, right? Yes, this has been an 8 Boiler production. So until next time, my friends, have fun. Be safe. Thank a veteran. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Get vaccinated and boosted when you can. Enjoy your holiday celebrations, whatever they might be, or enjoy the nothing that you do, and go have fun. I love you. I'll talk to you next week with a guest. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. All right. Uh, we're going to end the show today, as we deal with our holiday show, with uh, a special tune from Much Better, and then uh, some holiday wishes from the band, and then we end with our, with our we end with our instrumental from our friend Seven Minutes in Heaven. The end of that song, or we play the beginning of it. The song is... Uh, Oh, crap. What's the song called? Noel? Maybe something Noel. I forget. I'll put it in the show notes. Shout out Timmy Rasmussen, who's been on the show. Come back on the show, my friend. I love you, and I miss you. I love all of you, and I miss all of you. Come on the show, every one of you at the same time. It's going to be great. All right, so much better, and then uh, the instrumental from Seven Minutes in Heaven is going to take us home today. Happy holidays. Whatever you're celebrating, go have fun. I love you. Enjoy yourself, and uh, we're good to go. You've been Inside the Melty Pat on the Next Level Network. Thank you so much. Go crap open a cold one.
2: This is Charlie Saxton from the band Much Better wishing you and your family a happy holidays and a happy new year.
1: Hi, my name is Tim Joe from Much Better, and I want to wish you a happy Christmas and a merry new year.
2: Hi, this is Sean Quinn. Well, erase that. Erase it. (laughs) Erase (laughs) it. I didn't sound sure of my name, and I want to wish you...